Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. How many got stretched this week? Uh, if you know what I mean, because last week I spoke on the rubber band ball sermon. How many remember that? How many remember the seven pound rubber band ball I brought? And, and uh, I spoke on how God stretches us. He stretches us and takes us to places we didn't think were possible. And then, not only did he stretch us last week uh, spiritually, but he stretched us physically. Did you all enjoy that potluck last week? That was amazing. I think we had over 45 people in my house last week, which was great because we had all different ethnic foods. And uh, I always look forward to that, and it was wonderful. I hope you all had a great time as well. It was a beautiful day. But that's not what I'm talking about in terms of God stretching us. How many know that God stretches us spiritually? And we're not to remain stagnant or at that same spiritual level, spiritual stage. Uh, just like I, I, I poked at somebody, um, I forgot, I, I poked on somebody young last week. And I said, you don't want to stay at that same age forever, do you? I think I mentioned this in Bible study on Wednesday night. And of course not. God doesn't want to keep us at 17 years of age, mentally, spiritually, physically even. He wants us to grow, to continue to grow. And, and that's what happens when God is stretching us. Everybody say this with me. God is stretching me. And stretching leads to enlargement. Stretching leads to enlargement. And I'm not talking about your waistline. Okay? Get that thought out of your mind right now. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name right now. I'm talking about stretching you and enlarging you spiritually so that you can become that champion, that person that God has created you to be. See, when he looks at you, he doesn't see a defeated, depressed, unable to do anything Christian that's only living in the past. He sees somebody that has promise, that has hope, because he, he sees you in your future. Did you know that? He sees you in your future, walking over the enemy, stomping on the devil, and, and achieving victory. That's who he sees you. He doesn't see a defeated Christian. And sometimes in our mind, we get so stuck living in the past because we, we suffered this or suffered that. Somebody hurt me here, somebody hurt me there. And we can't get past that. And the Lord's not even looking at you that way. He sees a victorious person. Amen? And that's what he's doing by stretching you. So this morning, I want to read from the text, uh, starting in Philippians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 14. I want to read that whole account there. So if you'll turn to Philippians chapter 3 in your Bibles or your electronic devices. See, there's a lot of electronic devices because I don't hear too many rustling of pages this morning. Chapter 3 of Philippians, and the Apostle Paul wrote this. And he's stating here, starting in verse 1. Listen to what it says carefully, these, these 14 verses. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, 
I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is in through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining in the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, now, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads and let's pray this morning. Father God, we love you and we thank you this morning. And Lord, I ask, Father, your blessings upon this service, this message this morning. Lord, may your word just be poured out in its truth and its boldness and its zeal, just as the Apostle Paul was declaring here. Father God, it's not about us or, 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 or what we've done in life, but it's about you, Father. And Lord, we will not allow hurts, past hurts, past habits to hold us back. But Lord, we look towards the future. Lord, the promises you have given us, given us as individuals, given us as a church. And Lord, we look forward as we press on toward the mark. And Lord, that is in you, Christ Jesus. So Lord, we look towards you this morning, the author and finisher of our faith, and we pray your blessings today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor again. Tell him, God is going to stretch us. God is going to stretch us this morning. How many got a rubber band last week? If you were here, you got a rubber band. That was to remind you that God is stretching you. God is stretching you. See, I, I still have mine. There's a few here that have theirs. Uh, you know, God is stretching us. And I always tell you that when, when I'm speaking on something, God always deals with me that week. In fact, any person that speaks on a particular subject will find that God will deal with you on that subject. If you've ever spoken, you know what I'm talking about. And so yesterday, um, was it Friday? Friday, Anna says, reminds me, after I got home from work, uh, I, I got home about 6.30, and so she's telling me, oh, um, there's a person that needs help moving, and I'm going, oh, okay, you know, and nobody likes to, come on, let's face it, nobody wants to move anybody, okay, but we do it out of the kindness and generous gener generosity of our hearts, so this one person needed to move a couch, is what we were told, I was told, we need to move a couch, oh, and by the way, they live in a two-story apartment, and we're moving it to a new apartment. And so I said, okay. So I called up um, Garland, and there he is right there. 
And I said, meet me at my house at 1 o'clock, and then we're going to drive over there. It's in Vallejo, so it wasn't too far away from us. But uh, we got there, and we, we waited for the person to get there, and they weren't there. So that was probably 25 minutes, maybe half an hour. We're waiting, and, you know, I'm thinking this was going to be a 45-minute job, an hour job tops, right? And so finally we get up there, and there were some crazy angles right at the entrance. And right away, as soon as we walked in, we knew this was not going to be easy. Because the couch was at least a six, I want to say it was a seven-foot, six-foot couch, but big. Thank God it wasn't a sleeper, because those are heavy, right? This was heavy enough, so we had to stand it up and hit it to get through. And we're, I mean, the couch was a mess. We were going to give it to a thrift shop. They didn't want it. They wanted to give it away. So, um, so as we're moving the couch... Um, the woman said, oh, so you're going to put the beds on the truck? And I'm going, what beds? Nobody mentioned anything to me about any beds. And she goes, oh, yeah, we're, we're supposed to move the beds to the bed. And I'm going, okay. So that's what we needed to go to the apartment. The couch just needed to go to a thrift shop. So we finally got the couch out after about, I'm serious, about a 40-minute struggle getting that couch out. It was tough. And at any rate, we got the couch out, slid it down the stairs, the longest stairs I've ever seen in my life. And, and when, when she had said, we've got a bed to move as well, I knew right at that moment, Lord, you're stretching me right now. Because I was expecting 45 minutes, an hour. Well, Anna and I got home right at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. We had already dropped Garland off because we took the mattresses, we dropped them off, set them up in the apartment, and then we got this couch in my truck. I've got it tied down, uh, a, a couch. I don't want to travel around with a couch, so we went to five different thrift stores. <coughs> Excuse me. None of them wanted the couch because they either didn't have room for them for it or they looked at it and said, no, we don't want it. And so now I'm stuck with a couch, so I, I took Garland back. I said... By this time, I think it was 3.30, 3, I think it was 3.15. Dropped him off at my house where he had come. I said, thank you very much, Garland. You've spent two hours of your time. I don't want to take any more of your time. So then I told Anna, let's go to American Canyon dumps and take this couch. So we get there, and right as we're about to pay, you know, you get up on the scale. If you've never been there, you're taking your, your garbage. And they said, okay, it's going to be $37.00. And I said, I don't care. I want to get rid of the couch. Okay, and by the way, it's an hour and a half wait. So right there, can, can everybody say the word stretch? God is stretching us. You know, that 45-minute hour job, now I'm like, it's 4 o'clock. They were closing at 4. We're there at 10 minutes to 4. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we dropped off the couch and... There was a line of trucks and trailers that went. I've never seen a line like this because I never go to the dumps at Saturday at 4 o'clock. And that's why, because there's a line. And it was an hour wait. It didn't, it didn't turn out to be an hour and a half. But God was stretching us. Now, I could have chosen to say, well, that's the last time I'm ever going to help somebody. That's, and I could have chosen to go down that route, right? We all have had things like that happen to us, right? Uh, our car breaks down. Something happens where it puts you in a foul mood. Or you can look at it and say, okay, Lord, what are you doing? Because how many know that God's still in control of everything? 
God's, God's going, okay, let's see how he reacts. Let's see how his wife reacts when this happens. And he's testing us. He's molding us. He is stretching us. And in that process, you're growing. You're maturing. So I looked at it and Anne and I are just enjoying our company. We're talking to each other, right? We were on a date at the dumps for an hour. Never would have thought that was where I want to take my wife on a date. But we were there for an hour. And um, so we paid, finally got out, and then cost me $37. This is a cheap date. I'm a cheap date, right? We saw other people's junk. We saw, I mean... It was crazy. And we didn't roll our windows down because if you've ever been there, you don't want to roll your windows down when you're at the dumps. So we got out right as we were starting to leave. I go, okay, well, it's time to go home now because I was tired. I, I had to finish up my sermon notes. And, uh, you know, that one-hour job turned into four hours. It, now it's 5 o'clock. And so we're, we're heading home. I said, well, you want to go home? She goes, I don't care. Wherever you want to go, let's go because we were having a good time together. And that's what happens when you realize God is doing something. Amen? God is doing something in your circumstance. He's not putting you through that, stretching you so that you can complain, so you can say, Lord, that's not fair. How come they don't have to put up with that, but it happens to me? How come? How come? Why not just say, thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, number one that I'm able to pay for that. Thank you that I have a vehicle to be able to help somebody. Thank you that I have my spouse there with me at that moment. Thank you for air conditioning in a hot truck and I don't have to roll down my windows where it smells really bad. Thank you, Lord. That was filled with blessings if I choose to look at it that way. Amen. Or I could have chosen to look at all the negative things. I ruined Garland's afternoon, maybe, partially. Uh, my time was taken. I could have chosen to look at it that way, but I'm not. Because God is good, amen? amen? God is good. He's stretching us, amen? So is He stretching you this week? Has He stretched some of you? I've heard some of you say, yes, God was stretching me this week. And... What, what we realize is that God takes us out of our comfort zone. We all want to be in that little box where, okay, you know, it's, it's a perfect 72 degrees. You know, my world, it's 72 degrees or less. If it's 73, I'm hot. 74, I'm burning up. Uh, I, I function between 66 and 72. I'm great. I'm fine. But at 73, I'm burning up. I have coats coming off. Everything's coming off. And I live in this little comfort zone. And, you know, when everything's good, you know, there's money in the bank account. All the bills are paid. Max is good. My dog. I mean, my kids are talking to me. They're saying I'm a great dad. Yes. Uh, everything's good, right? I want to be in that comfort zone. But how many know that's not real life? That's not real life. God will stretch you. He wants to challenge you because you're not going to grow Unless you get stretched. Amen? Amen? So last week, we touched on, on, on the life of Peter. How God stretched him. Remember, he walked out on the waters from a perfectly good boat. Who does that? It's like jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Who does that? Right? Only, well, that's another story. But this week, I, I want to touch on the fact that Moses, in the Old Testament as well as Peter in the New Testament, were both stretched spiritually. Remember, 
uh, well, that's what we touched on last week. Moses was the stutterer, right? God called him out and says, you're going to lead my people. And Moses said, me? Who am I? I can't even speak. Who am I going to tell Pharaoh that, that sent me? Who am I going to tell him? He was making all these excuses why he couldn't do it. You ever been there? Where you said excuses why you couldn't do something? I could have said yesterday, we can't do it. We can't help you. I have no gas in my truck. We're busy, right? But I've never said that when it comes to helping somebody move. I've helped, I've lost track. Probably close to 100 people move in church. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can certainly take your phone call. I have voicemail. Okay. But we, we understood last week that that rubber band ball sermon, it makes us flexible. The, the stretching makes us flexible. It makes us stronger. It makes us versatile. Amen? That's what stretching does to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, the Apostle Paul here, what he's saying in this text here that we just read, he's in verse 13, I want to read this to you right here. It says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do... Forgetting what is behind. You forget what, what's in the past. You've been hurt today? Raise your hand. All of you need to raise your hand right now. That's all of you. You've all been hurt. I don't care who you are. Have you been cheated on? Have you hurt somebody? Yes, whether it's intentional or unintentional, all of you need to forget the past. You forget the past. And point towards the future. That's what Paul was doing here. He was saying, I'm straining toward, I'm pressing forward, I'm pressing in, forgetting about the past. See, God stretches us, but here's the problem. Unforgiveness will keep us there. Unforgiveness will keep us from stretching, from being, in, from being enlarged. Amen? Unforgiveness holds you as a captive. You're in a cell in a jail cell, in a prison cell, if you are not willing to forgive somebody, anybody. Amen? And so God is wanting to stretch us. See, when Paul was reaching forth, he was straining toward, he was reaching for something. He's reaching towards that goal of, of being with Christ. Remember what he said in another part of, of the books that he wrote? He said, it, to be absent from the body is to be present, present with, the with the Lord. Amen? That's what he was desiring. He was wanting for that. He was longing for that. He was straining for that. And if you're not able to say that today, God still needs a lot of stretching to do in your life. If, you, he's not, if you're not able to say, Lord, I long to be with you. If you're not able to say that honestly today, he still needs to stretch you. He still needs to grow you. And that's, this is where Paul was at in his life. He was straining towards being with the Lord. According to God's word, we need to be reaching forth and stretching towards him. Towards him. Amen? But sometimes, oftentimes, if we're honest with ourselves spiritually, we're stuck in a rut where we're not growing. And, and I say this here all the time. You need to look back and say, okay, I'm in a better place spiritually than I was last year. I'm in a better place than I was two years ago. And if you're not, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Because we can get in a rut. You ever been stuck in a rut in your vehicle? 
and you, and you try to dig out and your, your, your wheels are just spinning. We've all been there as well. And you're stuck. You're not going anywhere. You're not going forward. You're not going backward. And spiritually, that can happen to you as well. You can be stuck in a rut when God doesn't want you to be stuck in a rut. God gives you his word. He gives you church on Sunday mornings. He gives you church on Wednesday nights. He gives you radio. He gives you, he gives you K-love during the week. He gives you stretching exercises like what he did to me yesterday to realize and focus inwardly that, okay, Lord, I get it. You're testing me. See how, how my patience is because I'm asking you for patience. So this is the way you're working it in me. Okay, I get it, Lord. But it takes a few seconds to figure that out. Uh, we first want to blurt out, what's going on here? You know, why? Or forget it. I'll come back another time, you know. But, but we have to be honest with ourselves. If we're stuck in a spiritual rut, we're not growing. And, and guess what? Churches can be in the same place. Churches can be stuck in a spiritual rut where it's the same thing. Nobody's growing. You may have great services, but nobody's growing. Everybody's the same. Uh, and, and we can't afford to allow this to happen because there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. And what I mean by that is, my late mother-in-law, Elizabeth Aguirre, used to say this all the time, the devil never sleeps. She, she would tell us that all the time, right, Gloria? You've heard her say that before? The devil never sleeps, which means that he's always looking to attack you as a believer. He's, his job is to seek, to kill, to destroy each of you. And, and that's why we can't allow ourselves to live in a comfort zone because that's where the enemy attacks you. That's where he steals your joy. That's where he, 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 he allows you to live in unforgiveness. And, and you can be held captive there if you're not careful. So what do, we, what do we need to do? How can we stretch ourselves individually and accomplish spiritual goals? This is on your outline this morning. First, number one, we, we need to refuse to, to trust in our own physical and natural abilities. I look out here and I see a, a lot of smart people. I see a lot of hardworking people. I see engineers, administrators. I see all sorts of people here uh, working in hospitals, uh, nurses, registered nurses, and so forth. And, and uh, I look at you and you all have mighty abilities. You have intellect. You have wisdom. You have strength. But the Word of God here says that we have to refuse to trust in our own powers. We first must rely on God. Amen? We have to trust in Him. Second, our passion must be for Jesus Christ. Our passion has to be found in Him only. In Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. life. Amen? It's not in you. You don't have all the answers. Have you figured that out yet? If you haven't, God's got a lot of stretching to do in your life. Our passion must be for a person that's found in Jesus Christ only. Third, we have to learn from the past. Any parent will tell you that. My parents have told me that. Uh, my dad's told us that forever. You learn from your mistakes. You don't repeat the mistakes again and again and again. Because then, what does that tell you? You haven't learned. And as a parent, all of us here as educators, as, as managers in your job, you've all told people, 
learn from your mistakes, right? All of us have told somebody that. We have to learn from the past, but don't live in it. Here's the problem. We can learn from the past, but we can remain stuck there. And we're not growing. God's not stretching us. We're not allowing God to stretch us. Everybody say, God stretched me this week. And he will. He will stretch you this week. Amen. See, we will never be stretched spiritually if we keep living in the past. We cannot live in the past. And yes, I know people may have hurt you. People may have yelled at you on a cruise ship even. People may have... That's another story. People may have hurt you at your job. People may have cut you off on the way to church this morning. People can do all sorts of things that will keep you thinking about that event or that occurrence. And you'll be a captive there. And that's where Satan wants to keep you. Because you're ineffective in the kingdom of God. God wants you to look at the past and learn from it and advance forward. Amen? He doesn't want you stuck in your past. I don't care how bad you've had it. You have to learn to quit living in the past. Amen? This is the greatest challenge for anybody that receives marriage counseling. Marriage counseling, that's something else. I don't know that you guys have done that. I've done that. And for most couples, here's the problem, or at least for one of them, of the two, it takes two to be a couple, one of them is stuck in the past and can't get past that, if not both of them. And that will never work if you're stuck in the past, if you always bring up the past. The one thing, if you want to have a healthy relationship, and I'm not talking about relationships today, but I'll just throw this out for free. If you want to have a healthy relationship... Quit bringing up the past. I remember hearing this one minister slash counselor on relationships. He called it arguing with the kitchen sink. And what he meant by that is when we throw out all the garbage. Well, you know what you did in 1972 on that Wednesday night. They were, that person would be throwing everything and the kitchen sink at their spouse when it doesn't matter what happened in 1972 because the other spouse don't even remember what happened in 1972. But you did because you don't want to let go of it. And, that's, and you're a slave. You're a slave when you have that, when you remember what somebody did to you. You're a slave. None of you here need to be slaves. Let go of that past. Learn from it and move forward. Amen? Will you do that? Here's, the, here's what happens. Living in the past kills your future and makes stretching an impossibility for God. Living in the past kills your future because you'll have no future because you're stuck here in the past and you can't get over there. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell him, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. This is why you can't allow past sins, past hurt, grudges to hold you captive because if God forgave you why what makes you so special that you can't forgive somebody else amen Amen? I am forgiven 
And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but here's what I do want to say, that Paul had a lot of regrets from his past. I mean, remember that Paul was a persecutor of the church. He even said here he had zeal to persecute the first Christians. He killed Christians for a living. That's what he did when he was known as Saul. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 9, he had this great conversion experience where the Lord got a, a hold of him. But Paul could have chosen to live in the past and said, oh, but Lord, you don't know what I've done. And Yes, the Lord knows what you've done. He knows what every one of you and I have done. Yet he chooses to forgive you and not live in the past. In fact, the Lord says, I will forget those sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west. Throw them into the sea of forgiveness. Never to be remembered against you again, ever, ever again. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Or am I the only one? Amen. Give my hand clap if you're thankful for that. Amen. Paul could have remained in his past, but he didn't. He rather he focused on the things that were that were pointing onward and upward. He was pointing towards Jesus, not looking at his past. Amen. See, knowing Christ, being a believer doesn't change the past. It doesn't change anything that may have happened in your past, but it changes the meaning of the past. It changes the meaning of what took place. You may have been hurt. You may have you may have a reason to not want to forgive somebody that hurt you in the past. But God is merciful. If he forgave you, he's trying to show you that you need to forgive that person as well. Amen? Amen. He's stretching you. He's stretching you out of that comfort zone, out of that little box that you want to stay in. And this is what served as motivation for Paul. See, Paul remembered all that he had done. And, and that's why sometimes it takes... People to come from a background like that to make really good leaders because they have a lot of motivation to serve God. Amen. They have a lot of reason to want to please God now. And just remember, though, there's nothing you could ever do, nothing you could ever say. There's not enough prayers, not enough uh, hours on your knees that could get you saved. Not, there's nothing in that sense that you could do to make God happy. You see, he already did everything on the cross for you. What your requirement is, don't live in the past, live in the present, live now so that you can have a future. Amen? So again, the events from Paul's life did not change. Paul's understanding of the events after he got saved is what changed. And that's what you and I have to have. See, he didn't forget. He didn't forget. He remembered it, which gave him great motivation. You know, how many remember being scolded as a young kid? Right? None of us here were ever scolded, right? I was always the angel kid in my life, my family, right? Right. I was the one that was always getting in trouble. Yep. Reuben said, yep. And, and so when you get scolded, you don't want to do that again. You learn. You learn. That's why parents scold you. And that's why they spank you, because they want to teach you a lesson. And, and hopefully all of us are still learning lessons as adults. Don't live in the past. Learn from it now onward and upward. Amen? So Paul here, he was saying, uh, here, let me read that scripture again, where it says here, forgetting, and this is in verse 13, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Again, he's not saying forget it. He's just saying now 
Look at that, learn from it, and move forward. Move forward towards the goal. Sometimes it's good to remember where God brought you out of, amen? What God's done for you in your life. Where you were at maybe 10 years ago. Where you were at maybe 12 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You fill in the blank. It's sometimes it's good to remember that and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Amen? It's okay to learn from the past, but you can't live in it. Living in the past here. If we're not careful, as we get older, that's one of the issues that happens in life. We can tend to live in the past because we have either some great memories or we have hurtful ones that we've never been able to let go of. Living in the past will hold you like a slave. It will hold you like a slave. God does not want that for you. He wants you to learn from it, but he doesn't want you to live in it. Amen? You can't continue to live there and dig up painful memories. Because for many of you, maybe you have painful memories as a child. Maybe as a young adult. Maybe it's what uh, happened last week. You can't live there. God's given you greater things than to, to live in hurts. He's given you promises and a, and a hope for your future. Amen? Here's what happens. Number one, if you live in your past. First... It will do nothing to change the past. If you live there, if you keep thinking about it and dwelling on it, and why did he say that, and why did she say that, and why did... What, what good does it do? Yeah, okay, don't raise your hands, but has anybody ever, you know, um, lost a lot of money? So, you know, say, for example, you lost a lot of money, and that's hurtful, right? You can continue to dwell on it and say, well, why did I ever give that person money, and this and that, and... You can dwell on it, and that's all that will eat at you. Eat, or you can get to that point where you let it go and say, I got to go onward and upward. Whether that's a loan, whether it's an a argument in a relationship, why did that person have to say that? I will never speak to that person again. And, and sometimes that's what happens in life. That's called life. But it doesn't mean you have to dwell on it. Some people here, me included, some people will will hear those words over and over and over and over and over in your mind. And, and, and you got to be careful with that because that will hold you captive. It will hold you captive. Hurtful words. Just like good words. When somebody says good words to you, they come right away to your mind. Hurtful words are much the same way. They hold you captive. Let it go and let go of that past. So first of all, there's nothing you can do to change the past when you remain there. Secondly... It's going to hinder you in knowing Christ. You will not be stretched if you're stuck in the past. God wants you to grow. And if you're not growing, you're not knowing. And if you're not knowing, it's because you're not growing. God wants to stretch you. The past is what you make of it because of what Christ has done in your life. If Christ has truly done something in your life, the past will be a lesson for you. Nothing more, nothing less. It will be a lesson for you. Amen? Now, we can also apply this principle to, to our church as well. You know, we're, we're learning. We're constantly learning. You know, the, the, I was telling somebody this morning, the word that churches use is relevant. You've got to be relevant and, and do things that, um, that mean something to the younger generation to a point. I agree 
with that to a point. You know, we, we need to, yes, do things that are, that are modern, use modern technologies and so forth, but we can't lose sight of what the main goal is. And that's to grow as people, grow as individuals, grow as believers. It's not just together here and to get together and have a good time. We could do that belonging to the Elks Club, to the Moose Club, to the Rotary Club. You fill in the blank. It's not about that. It's to grow. Are you growing spiritually? That's why you're here. That's why you come to Bible studies. We're stretching. We're stretching. Amen? Amen. So God wants to grow us. He wants to grow our church as well, spiritually. He wants to take us to another level. And I want to I go on that journey with you. Now, has this year, maybe some of you have experienced pain, hurtful things that have happened this past year? Yes, that's true for, for many of us. But at the same time, have good things happened during those those times? Have you been blessed? Has God given you things? Have you received blessings, encouraging words from others? I am sure of it. All, all of you have. Amen? There have been many victories, many wonderful accomplishments for all of you at some point or another. We aren't going to sit around thinking or living in the past because it'll prevent us from having that relationship we need to have with Christ Jesus. Amen? Every day is an exciting day with Christ, even when you're sitting in the middle of the dumps for an hour. Every day is an exciting day. Every day. It's how you choose to look at it. How are you going to choose to look at your next, next obstacle out there in this world? That might happen today. You might have to go back to Napa and face bottle rock traffic. That's the, the concert, the music festival that 40,000 people are attending. I don't want to go that direction. I know a few of you have to, but, um, you know, Friday was bad. Sunday night coming this way will be terrible. Um, So don't do that. (laughs) Here's what we also need to be aware of, that negativity living in the past not only holds you captive, but it it creeps into the church as well. And and if you're not careful, people will, will, will look at you and say, well, why, why do you have to do that? Why, why do you have to go to church all the time? Why do you have to go to church on Wednesdays? Why do you have to give? Have you, have you ever had anybody tell you, why do you give? Why do you give financially? Or of your time, your talents, your treasures? Why? Why, 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 why? What they're doing is they're, they're trying to steal the joy that God has given you. And they're trying to steal that stretching that God has stretched you in. And they're trying to steal that from you. They, just because they don't have an understanding of that, does, does not make it uh, that they're speaking truth to you. Does that make sense? God has stretched you to this point. He doesn't want you to go backwards. He wants you to go forward. So again, there's people that will come into this church that won't have the same mindset as you and I. And that's all right. That's who we want coming in. We want people that don't believe in Christ. That We want atheists to come in. We want all sorts of people to come in. We want them to hear the gospel, and allow the gospel, the Holy Spirit, to speak to them. Amen? Amen? As I close this morning, you have to determine to rise above any enemies, anything that would attack you spiritually. You have to rise above that. And God will stretch us. God will stretch us in that process. He is enlarging you. He's spiritually enlarging you this morning. Paul was also pressing toward that mark, that goal. And Paul had spiritual goals that he was stretching for, that he was reaching out for. 
Hopefully all of you have goals still, no matter what your age is here this morning. You all should have goals of what you're stretching for, what you're straining for. God will help you in that process. Amen? The conclusion of chapter 3, which we didn't read, goes on to state that Paul was looking forward to receiving the high calling in Christ Jesus. That is the ultimate stretching That is the ultimate reward we have as believers. Again, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you cannot sit here today and say, Lord, I'm here, take me. If you can't say that, he still needs a lot of stretching to do in your life. He still needs to stretch you this morning. Paul wants to encourage us in this chapter that we just read to grow, to become strong where we're at, right where you're at. Spiritually, to grow, to become more flexible, to become more adaptable, to realize in that moment God is doing something in your life. He's not causing you pain. God doesn't cause you pain. He's he's allowing circumstances to happen in your life for a reason. He's growing you. He's stretching you. Amen? Now, as we stretch, I touched on this last week. What happens when we stretch? As we close this morning, when we stretch, when God takes us, we then and only then begin to touch the power of God when he's stretching us. If, he, if you're not being stretched, you will never touch the power of God. You will never touch his Holy Spirit power if he's not stretching you. If you and, and what I mean by that is you're choosing to stay in this little comfort zone, this little box. And if you choose to stay there, you'll never touch his power. Now... Does that mean you won't go to heaven? No. You'll still get to heaven. You're a believer in Christ. You'll still get there. His blood is what did the job, not not anything you did, not anything I did. But he has so much more for you. Amen? He has so much more for you. It's just like driving, going out and buying a, we saw I think a Maserati yesterday or a, a Bentley as well when we were waiting to pick up that couch. And seriously, and so... They come fully loaded with all these buttons and gadgets and levers. But how many know that you can drive that car from point A to point B and never bother to touch all those levers, yet they're still there. It'll still take you where your destination is, but you're not taking advantage of everything that car has to offer. In the same way, God has given you salvation. God has granted you mercy and grace in your life. And in order to receive all of God's blessings... You have to be stretched. You can still get from point A to point B, but you won't tap into His power. You won't receive all His blessings unless you're being stretched. That is what I mean by touching the power of God. Touching the power of God. Amen? How many want to touch the power of God? How many want to experience God's presence every day in your life? Especially when you're going through tough times of stretching. And, and those tough times, or stretching times, they're not comfortable. They're smelly. They're dusty. They're filled with garbage sometimes. And I'm talking about life. They're not fun. But God is stretching you. He's not desiring for you to remain there. He's not desiring for you to stay stuck there. He's saying, look, I'm taking you through this, and we're going We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Come with me. Just as he beckoned Peter out of the boat, he said one word, come. And Peter got right up. He got got on up like this. 
And you and I, I don't know if you and I could do that. Step out onto water. He did. He's the only person that, that's ever walked on water aside from Jesus, according to the Bible. No other person. Only Peter and Jesus ever walked on water. Are you willing to step out and be stretched like Peter was? Like Moses was? Like Paul was? I realize those are, those are some circumstances, some people that were incredibly used by God. But it doesn't mean that you can't be used here today. It doesn't mean that God can't use you today.